Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Hello Storyteller podcast. I am Melissa, as always, and Meg is here. Hi, Meg. Hey, hey, hey. I like you say, I'm Melissa, as always, as if, like, sometimes you're not Melissa. Sometimes you're somebody else. Well, <laughs> depends on the day. A, is it Tuesday? It does, Wednesday? It does depend on the day. <laughs> it'd be a variety of names. <laughs> <laughs> you could be a bunch of different people in one day. Who knows? Sure could. And <laughs> sure could. Anyway. <laughs> I feel like I'm just starting to like not feel completely exhausted. Not that I'm complaining about being tired because I'm tired for the best of reasons, which is because I was traveling last week. Oh, was darn. Cal- oh, darn. I was in sunny California. Woo-hoo. I love California. Yes. It's beautiful. It's your friend. I live here. It's wonderful. I know. It's wonderful. So this morning, (laughs) this morning, Dave, my husband is showing me a job posting for a job in Santa Clara, Santa Clarita, Santa Clara. There's, there's both of them. So you pick. (laughs) I think it was Santa Clara. Okay. And I was like, Oh really? He's like, well, you know, it's like, I'm trying to get you to the West coast. And I'm like, I know, I know. And then I was like, let me just, let me just look at the real estate. <laughs> yeah. Let's just get a, let's just get you a house out here, friend. And uh, you will yeah. be bi-coastal. I like and it. if anybody wants to donate uh, approximately $2 million so I can afford a oh. house out in California, that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can find you a, one a little less expensive and high maintenance. Well, I mean, just, just to talk switch. real estate for a hot second. Now, Massachusetts is not an inexpensive place to live. I mean, as as real estate markets go, Boston obviously is is the worst part of it. I live further out from Boston. But of course, the housing market's crazy right now. Anyway, so I just was like, let me just see. Same number of bedrooms, same square footage. What would that look like in different parts of California, in Northern California and Southern California. And I will say that Southern California was slightly cheaper. Yeah. But in Santa Clara specifically, so four bedrooms, about 2,500, 3,000 square feet. Literally, I'm not even joking you when I tell you that there was nothing under $1.5 million. (laughs) And I was like, oh, no, no, no. So then I looked in Southern California because I was like, you know, I mean, if I'm going to have to move somewhere, it's going to be Southern California. So I decided to look there. It was, I mean, my odds were slightly better. I think I found a couple of places that were like at, you know, like $800,000. But so suffice it to say, I don't think we're moving to California (laughs) in this current real estate market. You can go central where, where I'm at. Yeah. Hey. Uh, Unless I move uh, without my children and don't need space. (laughs) Well, maybe, maybe when they're older, maybe I told when they have their own lives or in high school and they don't exactly watch you in their face every second. Mom is actually very, very soon. (laughs) I know. Right. Not that far off. Um, No. So I, I told Dave that my, my goal initially you know, maybe when the kids are, you know, in later high school or, or college or whatever is to do a month, like get a long-term rental for like a month and like just book a bunch of sessions and stuff while I'm out there. It'll be like the month that I'm out in California. And then, cause I don't actually think I want to live in California in the summertime. It's too hot. 
but I would love to be there. You can go San Diego or Northern California. You'd be fine. I know. That's the thing, right? I freaking love San Diego. So (laughs) I know you do. I think your heart and soul uh, lies there. It does. It's bad, Meg. (laughs) I haven't been there in a while. I need to go. Oh my God. I'll go. When do you want to go? I'll meet you (laughs) there. (laughs) Sign me up, right? Let's do it. But so the reason I was out in California is there was a, a two reasons I was out in California. So the first is that I had an elopement out in Joshua Tree National Park. And it's funny because up until literally the wedding day, I didn't actually know how these people found me. <laughs> I just hadn't gotten around really? to asking them. Yeah, I had no <laughs> you idea. You just forgot? <laughs> well, it was one of those things like, I mean, here's the thing, right? So... I've always wanted to be like a travel photographer. Like when I finally got my photography business off the ground, I was like, I want to travel. I want to go places and do things and get hired to be there. And so I think when this inquiry came in, because it was right after our trip to Palm Springs, it seemed like it was not real. And I thought to myself, I don't, I don't want to do anything to jinx this. I'm not going to ask a lot of questions. (laughs) I'm just going (laughs) to, just going to send the information over. And we'll see what, because it was just, it was just one of those things where it's like, you know, we, I mean, literally I'd been home from Palm Springs for three days. And then this inquiry at literally out of nowhere comes, comes through. And it was just the most serendipitous of things because, so while we were out in Palm Springs, again, with the, for the Hello Storyteller admin retreat, we've talked about East Coast Meg. So East Coast Meg messages me and she's with, um, so there's a group of photographers, all of them actually, except for myself, the four of them are all from like North shore. So like North of Boston, they all live like in the same town. And so East coast Meg was with our friend, Nicole, and they're messaging me. They're like, Oh my gosh, it looks like you're having so much fun. We want to go back. Would you come back? And I'm like, uh, yeah, I come back, twist my arm, go back to California. <laughs> and so, but I was like, Hmm. Well, let's see. Can I somehow finagle my way to be able to get back there for really no reason? Like there's really, really no reason for me to go because I was just here for the retreat. It would be lovely to go, but I don't think I'm going to be able to like finagle that with the husband and the kids and whatnot. So then literally this inquiry comes in for this elopement. And I'm not even joking you that it was the exact same time frame. So like Megan, Nicole and Aaron and, 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 and Natasha were all looking at coming out from like the 7th to the 10th. The freaking wedding was on the 7th. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. This is just like it was meant to be. So, of course, once I had an inquiry, I was like, please book me, please book me, please book me. <laughs> because then I'd be going out for three days anyway. I could just tack on two more days. What's the big deal? So that is, in fact, what happened. So I flew out on the 6th of March and the wedding was on the 7th. And then I the night of the 7th, I met up with the four other photographers from Massachusetts at this freaking insane Airbnb. I don't know how they found it, but I'll tell you, it was a freaking steal and it was incredible absolutely incredible i will we'll put it in the show notes um do i want to put it in the show notes <laughs> <laughs> everyone's gonna steal it i want to be able to go Sars, back there it was, it was amazing i will put it in the show notes because if you are going to joshua tree specifically so the house was in yucca valley which is about an hour outside of palm springs but only about it took us only like 35 minutes to get like into joshua tree national park to where we were shooting so in any case 
So the couple that I was shooting is actually from Canada. They're actually from BC, which is where Laura Fraze, one of our adamant members, lives. And I just assumed they found me through social media. I was tagging the heck out of, you know, Joshua Tree and San Diego and California and whatnot. We were out in Palm Springs. And so like literally I shot their wedding. And as we were getting ready to leave, I was like, by the way, <laughs> how did you find me? So the bride's sister is a photographer and she, I, I don't, I'm, I'm still making the assumption they found me through social media because I don't see how there'd be any other way that she'd be looking from, you know, from photographers in Massachusetts. But She's like, oh, my sister's a photographer, and she gave me an approved list of photographers to choose from. <laughs> and I know, you right? That's the, list, the best friend. thing. I make nice. a list, and then get this, and then she says to me, "I am cheating my ho- my own horn a little bit here." And then she says, <laughs> "You do it." It's my podcast. I'll do whatever I want. Just kidding. Yeah, damn it, dang it. So she said. So I looked at everybody. And she goes, and I, I read your website and whatnot, and you seemed like somebody I wanted to be friends with. And I thought that's why I want to shoot my wedding. And I'm like, Aww, that's, that's amazing. the best compliment ever, right? I know. <laughs> so and okay, I have to just share a little bit about this wedding because it was it was like something out of a dream, honestly. So the couple had an Airbnb in Palm Springs. So that's where I stayed. And then I met them at their this, this really cool, funky, like super colorful, which is sort of like Palm Springs way house, their Airbnb, their Airbnb in Palm Springs. And then we drove up to Joshua Tree. Now, a little bit of side note here. If you are someone that is looking to elope or get married in Joshua Tree and or photograph said wedding in Joshua Tree, there is a permit process you need to go through. So make sure that you do that. However, I will say... Nobody asked us <laughs> for our permits. They just, no one even asked or checked or looked or anything. So maybe we would have been fine, but I'm a rule follower. So we got the, we got the permits now. So you're thinking to yourself, it's Joshua tree. It's California, it's Southern California. It's the desert. It's going to be warm. Uh, no, no, it was not. No, no. No. Windy. It, windy, friends. Okay, first of all, let's talk about the wind. Can we talk about the wind? So <laughs> I hate wind. It's like my enemy. It was so windy. I, like, I'm talking sustained 20 to 25 mile an hour winds with gusts oh of like 30 to 40. So the air temperature in Joshua Tree when we arrived at Cap Rock, which is where we shot, was about 45 degrees. With 20 mile an hour sustained winds, it was. it felt like it was 30. So it was freezing cold and it's such a bummer because the next day was so freaking beautiful. Like the day before and the day after their wedding were like picture perfect Southern California days, like 68 degrees, beautiful, sunny. I mean, the light was incredible, but it was, it was freaking cold. And to the point that like we had to go back in the cars to like warm up because that's how cold it was. But it was just the most incredible thing. So we traveled from Palm Springs to Joshua Tree to Cap Rock. That's where we decided they decided they wanted to get have their ceremony. And then it was just like it was just so organic, which is what I love about elopements is that like literally the groom, her dad and myself walked around the entirety of Cap Rock and like to figure out where they're going to hold their ceremony, because it was just literally there was a group of like eight people and the officiant and myself. And that was it. So we just like found a spot did the ceremony, took some pictures, had a toast. And that was it. Like it was, it was incredible. And then after that, I drove to the Airbnb, which fortunately was only like, you know, 
35, 40 minutes from where I was. And that is actually what we wanted to talk about today on this episode of the podcast was we've talked before about the, and we talked about it after Palm Springs trips, like the importance of having creative getaways and getting together with people who, who look at the world the same way that you do. So we don't want to rehash the importance of that. We want to talk about is sort of like the logistics of how all this came together because we did it together really fast. It was, was super like, oh, fast. This is happening. <laughs> and, okay. and, we, and we also had five styled shoots while we were there. That's insane. Yeah. Like, I don't, please tell me how you put all of those together so quickly. I will say East Coast Meg did the bulk of the work. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. East Coast Meg. East Coast Meg. Yeah. So when the decision was sort of made, like, yes, we're going to do this. So, you know, we looked at flights, we looked at Airbnbs and it was really important to us that, yes, we wanted to get together, but the intention behind this trip was really to be able to shoot content because the five of us would really love to be able to be doing more traveling for photography and coming out to California or other places. And it's really hard to do that when you don't, I mean, you can't show any of that work. And I think, you know, my trip to Palm Springs, and then also I had an engagement session in San Diego while I was there. I mean, honestly and truly, that is how they found me because I, I unless I'll, maybe I'll have to message her sister because I'm just intrigued. But like, unless her sister knew me from some other thing, some other way, which I don't know how, it had to have been through social media. And prior to my Palm Springs trip, I mean, I wasn't sharing any content from California or tagging or sharing or any of those things. And so it was really important to us that if we're going to go out there, yes, we want to go out together and ha- hang out and have fun, but we also want to get content. And oh my God, I'm up to my eyeballs in content right now. And it's <laughs> so awesome, but so overwhelming. It's <laughs> so overwhelming. So what we did was, so we reached, so Meg and I, East Coast Meg and I reached out to some photographers that we know in San Diego. And we said, listen, there's a group of us coming out. We'd love to have some style shoots that are out there. Do you have any? And we wanted couples specifically. Do you have any couples that are awesome that you think would want to do it? And it's hard to, because it was all on weekdays, you know, so we're trying to find people that could make it. And so then I reached out to my couple that lives in San Diego and said, hey, do you have any friends that might be willing to, because we had, we had several different locations. We had Joshua Tree and then we had San Diego. We were initially also going to try to go to Death Valley. That ended up changing, which I think was good, but we were trying to find a couple to meet us there, which didn't happen, which is fine because we ended up not going to Death Valley. But in any case, so initially we were going to have four couples in Joshua Tree and two couples in San Diego. We ended up having three couples in Joshua Tree and two in San Diego, which I think was a was a good amount. And so it just it just worked out that we just reached out to the contacts that we had out in San Diego and um, or California, I should say, Southern California, and just said, hey, you know, if you know of anyone couples that are comfortable with each other, that are fine being in front of the camera, that are fine being photographed by five people at the same time, you know, send them our way. And the couples were freaking amazing. They were so amazing. And all different sorts of types of couples. Like we had a couple who was married and had a kid, but they didn't bring their baby with them. We had couples that were together, but not engaged. We had, you know, LGBTQ couples. We had you know, just all kinds of different couples. And it was amazing that way. And so we did three couples in Joshua Tree and we did two couples in San Diego. And and then we shot each other a whole bunch as well. Because as you know, we've talked about before, like video is the thing. And so being able to have video and behind the scenes content of each other shooting is is good. You need it. And it's really also really hard to get when you're by yourself. So the five of us just 
sort of focused our intention on shooting the couples, yes, but also shooting each other too. And so there's so many behind the scenes videos and photos and whatnot. It's amazing. So like that kind of stuff is super helpful. So we shot each other too. And like, as, as Meg knows, like we did this in Palm Springs, like that's just fun. Like that's just the fun stuff to do because you, you know, you're with your buddies and you're with your friends and like you trust each other and there's a lot of comfort there. And so we did all, we, we just shot so many places. We shot at the house, which had a bunch of cool sp- spots. We shot in Joshua tree. We shot in the desert. <laughs> The only place we didn't really shoot each other in like a formal way was in San Diego just because there wasn't time. But honestly, I, there's, I can't, there's so much, so many photos and so much video. I mean, logistically it was a lot to sort of juggle because, you know, there's also sort of like logistical challenges in Joshua tree and that there's no service. (laughs) Yeah. So once you get into the park, there's literally no way to communicate with anybody. And so we had, we had already like set up where we were going to shoot. We were shooting at Cap Rock and then we were shooting at Quail Rock. And so we had sort of told the couples, you know, meet us here at this time, meet us here at this time. And of course, you know, we find, you find out later that the majority of our couples were coming from LA. So they were driving, you know, upwards of two hours or more than two hours to get there, depending on traffic. So you're, that's always a factor as well. We also rented a dress, from this company that I, I found, cause I was, you know, we wanted to, we wanted our couples to sort of be themselves and to showcase, you know, their own sense of style. We also wanted to have something that was a little more formal too. And not everyone has like a formal dress hanging around. So I sort of threw out to East coast Meg, I said, I think we should probably rent a dress for this. And she was like, yeah, I love that idea. So I'll tag the company that we rented from. It's called Dalliance or Dalliance, uh, something. Hang on. <laughs> I wanted to say mm-hmm. beauty. I wanted to say beauty, but that's not correct. Hang on. Let me look one real quick. So we rented this dress. We had it shipped to Odalian's Bespoke. That's what it is. And they're based in the USA. Beautiful dresses to choose from. We had it shipped to our Airbnb. So it was waiting for us when we got there. And three, three of us wore that dress for our own content shooting. And then one of our couples wore it too. It was super fun, sparkly, and the light was just amazing. And so, yeah, I mean, we had a lot of fun. (laughs) We just had a really great time, but we also just, we had a lot of content and we shot a lot of people and that part of it's really cool because now I've got things that I can sprinkle in throughout all my posting to sort of like make sure that I'm showing up in those hashtags for California and showing up for those hashtags in elopement photography and showing up with those hashtags and other places and just being a presence there because, you know, you can't expect to be booking travel sessions if you're not sharing content from those areas. It's one thing to be like, oh, I really want to shoot here. It's another thing to be able to show potential clients that you have shot there and you know how to shoot there. So that's why, like, in the places that I am traveling this year are places that I would love to go back to. So like Colorado, for example. So I have never shot in Colorado before. And I'm looking to to book at least one session, maybe two while I'm there so that I have content from that to be able to share to, you know, potentially go back there again. So the upside of these types of trips is that they're a ton of fun. <laughs> you get to hang out, you get to hang out with people that you like and photographers and, you know, and you speak the same language and all the stuff we talked about in the podcast that we did after we came back from Palm Springs. But the other piece is that especially if you're running a business and you want to be able to, to travel and do those things, it, 
it's sort of necessary to be able to go to those places to be able to get the content so that you can share to go back to those places. So, so that's a little bit about how it came together, but it, it did come together very quickly because I think the the major plan sort of happened at the beginning of January and then we were out there by the beginning of March. So it all moved, it all moved very quickly, but sometimes you just have to bite the bullet. You know, you can't think about it too long. You just have to go to it. Yeah. Do the damn thing. <laughs> do the damn thing. But it was a lot of fun. And I'm trying to think of, of what else, you know, we sort of did while we were out there. Oh, so things to keep in mind. <laughs> Tip number one. Tip number one. Everything was hunky-dory and great and fine in Joshua Tree. And again, I will, I will say that if you read the Joshua Tree website or any national park website, you're, you're required to have permits to shoot in these places. And as a rule follower... It's important to me that we had those permits. So we did have the permits. I will say that nobody asked us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't see one park ranger aside from the person that was standing at the booth when we drove in. And yeah, which is fine. We had them. I'm happy to spend the money to make sure that we're legit. But I will just share that tidbit of information. And it's funny because both East Coast Meg and I got two different, very different responses from photographers from the area when we reached out. All of mine were like, you absolutely have to have the permit. They're going to stop you. They're going to ask you. And then all of that Meg asked was like, no, you don't have to worry about it. So we're like, we'll just do it just to be sure. Yeah. Um, I will say case. we went into Joshua Tree. I, I was there. Let's see. One, two. I was there three days in a row and for several hours. And never once was asked for my permit. <laughs> so <laughs> take, do that, do with that what you will. How much was the permit? So the permit, like the single, it's a special use permit for like engagement sessions. I think it was like $125. Okay. For us as the group, technically, because there was five of us, it sort of escalated to what they call like a, a workshop permit which is like 300 and something dollars oh dang and where do you go to get it you do it online but again if you're splitting it among five people you know it's like 60 bucks a person or whatever but so just know that and and you really should like i'll just say this that regardless of where you're shooting if there's permits required you should be getting the permits like that's just part of the process and part of it as being a photographer and and choosing to shoot in locations like that and and i will do i will go through that process even if i've never asked for it because oh my god can you imagine if we had been there and we didn't have a permit and they were like uh you guys can't be here then we'd have to leave and that's like that's no i don't want to do that so i will say even though we never got asked for it i'm glad that we had it and just in case we were so that we could have continued on with what we were doing, because that, that would have been like worst case scenario to have to like leave in the middle of of our shoot to be able to do it. And and even though it was just for us, like we weren't charging those clients any money, whether it's paid or not, like I would still I would still go through the process. And and I would say that if you're working, if you're if you have paying clients like the wedding I was very clear. I'm like, there's a permit process. We need to go through the permit process. You guys need to get a permit for your wedding. I need to get a permit to shoot there. Like we need to do that process. And if a couple have been like, eh, I want to do it. I might have not done it because I'm just not willing to take that risk to, to get, to go all the way out across the country and then get kicked out of the yeah, national that's, park. So that's a risk. Yeah. So that's number one. If you check for permits, make sure you have them if you need them. Number two, 
This is more of an anecdotal funny story, but also good to know. So we were sh- we were shooting in San Diego. Uh, it was our last day, actually. We were going from that shoot, those shoots, to the airport. And so uh, I had shot here before. I had shot at this particular location when I did my engagement session in January, but I hadn't actually made it down to the beach because we just didn't have enough time because we went to another location first. So we decided that we were going to go down to the beach. And I had been warned that it's it's a bit of a hike down and up. And so we had, we had built in time for that down was okay. But as we're going down, I'm thinking to myself, we have to come back up. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, so that's one thing, you know, if you're trying to, if you're trying to shoot on cliffs and beach, you might want to see if there is a more functional way to get to the beach than doing what we did, which great workout thought I was going to die. But the other piece (laughs) is that unbeknownst to us, this particular beach allowed nudity. And so, yep. Which, you know, (laughs) I'm so focused on what I'm doing. I'm not even looking around me. And then all of a sudden I'm getting like elbowed in the side and I'm like, what? (laughs) And there is just this dude living his best life. Just (laughs) laid out on a blanket totally naked buddy (laughs) and we were like hey man um which was fine because he was like sort of far away you could see him but like he wasn't really going to be in the back of any of our pictures and then (laughs) i was just talk about photo bomb uh yeah but then it's just as a side note anecdotally it was funny because we were talking to our the couple that we went down to the beach we were talking about this and the the (laughs) <laughs> the girl Jen was the couple one of the one of the members of the couple, her name was Jen. We were having this conversation, and I'm like, it's interesting that you see no women <laughs> naked on the speech, but there's <laughs> just men everywhere. And like like so there's this there's one main staircase to get down to the beach, and this gentleman, not the one I was talking about before, but a different one, is literally <laughs> standing at the bottom of the stairs where everyone is passing by completely naked and i'm just i'm observing this scene and i'm thinking to myself really like if i was going to be naked on a beach i would sort of like you know be down a bit from the stairs i you know i would you know i I don't know but whatever i mean (laughs) as you flabbergasted I was just, well, and I'm just, you know, this is a family friendly podcast, so I'll tell you off camera some other things that transpired, but oh, boy. in any case, we were not, uh, we were not aware that it was a oh, new wow, beach. And so, yeah. And so thankfully, <laughs> also, why is the median age of naked men on beaches about 76? This is also my other question. I don't know. But I figure, you know, they don't have, I, I mean, really, maybe you've They're earned it at that point. super comfortable at that age. Maybe by the time you reach your, you know, you're almost in your 80s, you're like, you know what? I have, I have no, you can bleep me out. I have no, I have no fucks left to give. I'm just going to let it all hang out. And I say, you know what? Zero. Go for it. Go for it. Um, so I would say it might be worthwhile, depending on your client, whether it's a couple or a family, it might be worthwhile to check the beaches to see if they allow nudity, that could have been a very uncomfortable situation. Had we had a family there not a couple, it also could have been uncomfortable for the couple had they not been so easygoing. So it worked out fine, but yeah, that was interesting. So 
<laughs> then also, then we had to hike back up, which I, I'm not even going, this is not even exaggeration when I tell you that we built in a half an hour to get from the beach back up to the top of the cliffs. And we got up there with about four minutes to spare of our couple coming. And it felt, I felt the same way after climbing that with all of my gear as I did about halfway through my half marathon. <laughs> oh no. It was very big and I'm tall. Okay. I'm five ten, So my normal size steps are like giant steps for like other regular sized humans. So, um, <laughs> I was like, I can barely make these steps. Like I'm, I'm reaching my leg up as high as I can go. They were very tall, like big steps, very steep. It was, it wasn't, it was something. I'll tell you what we got to the top and everyone's like shooting me daggers. I'm like, listen to me. I told all of you, <laughs> I warned you, <laughs> I built in a half an hour of time and you all tell me it's not going to take a half an hour. And it sure as shit did. So yeah. <laughs> Then it was funny because the second couple we were working with, he was like, wait a second, he, they're from San Diego. He's like, you you climbed up and down this? And we were like, yeah, why? He's, is there an easier way? He goes, well, there's always the street entrance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but I don't get your exercise had, for the day, huh, Fred? For the week, let's be honest. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, it was intense. But, you know, it's fine. I just worked off my lunch. It was great. No biggie. No biggie. So know that too, that there could be other entrances to the same location. And, and if you would like an easier entrance someplace, you just have to sort of factor in driving and parking. So those were really only the, the sort of big takeaways. The other piece I will say specifically about Joshua Tree is that you lose light very quickly when you're oh, in the yeah. park. And so, I mean, it is the most deliciously yummy light you've ever seen in your entire life. And so if I ever hear a Southern California photographer complain about their shooting locations again, I'm going to have to slap somebody because I go, <laughs> what must it be like for it to be almost perpetually sunny all the time and to not have to worry about snow or rain? <laughs> yeah. Isn't that nice? What? Welcome. What must that be like? I, we don't, we don't, that's not my reality as we came back to snow and, and cold. But oh, no. so I will say that like, even though sunset technically was at whatever, five or six or six o'clock, there's, you know, it's mountains. And so once the light, once the sun goes behind the mountain, which was probably about 20 minutes prior to sunset, it's done. Like your light's gone. I mean, there is the most beautiful, like blue hour, you know, light and then sun the actual sunsets themselves were beautiful while we were there. But you get to that last like 20 to 25 minutes of light and it's like you are running. Like we were legitimately running to chase the sun because it's falling behind the mountain and the, the, oh, the yeah. light curtain is like moving across across the desert. Mm -hmm. We're like, go. So I will just say that that's that was a unique challenge for us, and that um, and that at this particular location that we went to um, for our our two our second two couples on the same day that we went to Joshua Tree at uh, oh where did I say we just were Quail Rock at Cap Rock it was different because you, there's a little bit higher elevation, so you really get all the light until it falls behind the the mountain. But at Quail Rock you're a little bit lower. And you're more in the shadow of the mountain. And so you lose the light a lot faster. 
So just some things to sort of keep in mind for those particular areas. Also the wind, the wind can be brutal and that it was on the day of the elopement. Thankfully the day that we went there to shoot our couples, it was not. But then I will say that like the day after that, the day we were driving back to San Diego, it was like 50 mile an hour winds and the Airbnb was on top of a mountain in like, to get outside to the car, I was like, I'm going to get blown off the side of this mountain. Oh, no, <laughs> It was super windy. And the driving part can be a little challenging too in the wind because you're just driving through the desert and there's not a whole lot to like stop the wind from coming. So just some things to sort of keep in mind. And then also, as I pointed out, even we were in Joshua Tree and Palm Springs with the admin team is that, you know, you're in the desert. So you have to be prepared for other types of animals like scorpions and rattlesnakes and Yuck. spiders and we saw mm-hmm. a coyote that was fun <laughs> that was fun <laughs> actually we saw that at our house if oh you, boy. So when you yeah so when you click on the link for the house you'll be able to sort of see like the view from there is is incredible we watched sunrise every morning from there it was beautiful but mm-hmm. it's a, it's on this like little like man-made i don't know if it's man-made but it's like this little hill or mountain type situation and so we were out there one morning watching sunrise and then all of a sudden east coast meg is like coyote (laughs) and i'm like what and i can't i I can't see i don't have my glasses on she's got like i don't know perfect vision or something and there it was and she goes oh it looks like a baby and i go "Mm, i think it's just far away (laughs) (laughs) i think we should probably get in the house till it decides where it wants to go so just some things to sort of keep in mind, especially if you're going in a, in a warmer time, I would imagine that you deal with those things more often when it's a little bit warmer out. And then also too, that the temperature just changes drastically. Like we were there in January and March and I would say it was very temperate, pretty comfortable for the most part. But then I don't know, Meg, like what, like probably by the time April or May rolls around, it's hot. Like, Oh yeah. By, by the time April it's, you know, good 90, 95 degrees. Yeah. So if you're going to go out in those times, you have to make sure that you pack enough water and things of that nature. So not that I'm an expert by any means, but just my experience in being out there. But I would say like, if you are, you know, if you are looking to, to sort of branch out, you know, I feel like we get questions a lot in the Hello Storyteller community group about people who have moved. So like they're, or they are moving, whether they're like a military family or, you know, they're just moving locations or whatever. And they have to sort of like restart their business in a new spot. You know, you get, I, we get a lot of questions about how do I do that? Like I'm starting all over again. And so I would say like a trip like this would be beneficial. Like if you know, if you have advanced notice that you're going to be moving, try to set up some, some schedule, some styled shoots before you go out, you know, fly out there for a weekend or whatever, cram in as many as you can. and that way you can start sharing that content and start advertising to that location and really just sort of like spreading the word and spreading the news. And similarly, if you want to start shooting in another location, you know, I am not, I don't live in Boston. I live about an hour outside of Boston and I have found that the more I go into Boston, the more I share from Boston, the more clients I get from Boston. I would say that I am driving to Boston more frequently now than I ever have been in my business. And that's because yeah. most of my, most of my wedding clients are from Boston. A lot of my families, even like family newborn clients are in the Metro West closer to Boston area. And that's because that's just sort of where I've been shooting. It's where I share a lot of my photos from. So just some things to kind of keep in mind that again, if you're going to be moving or relocating, or you want to be able to go to a, a different location, you have to get there to shoot there. You can't just expect people to be comfortable hiring you if they've never seen you work in that area. So 
whether you go by yourself, whether you go with one person or a group of people. Obviously, if you go with a group of people, group of people, you can split costs and it's more cost effective. But if I knew that I was going to be relocating somewhere, you know, I would probably just go for a weekend and then utilize your resources and reach out. You know, if you're part of the Hello Storyteller community and, you know, you are trying to relocate or just trying to jump a business in a new area, reach out and ask, see who's in that community, see who's in that town or that space or that area. And would they be willing to come in for a shoot or a session at no cost? The other thing I will say, too, is that I've seen some people do this and we did end up having one couple sort of flake out on us. And so I have seen other people for styled sessions. What they will do is they will require like a $250 deposit, but it gets refunded the whole thing. So if you show up and you do what you're supposed to do, then that gets refunded back to you because it can be hard to try to secure these things from hundreds or thousands of miles of way and then end up on the day and nobody's there. Nobody shows up. So sometimes people having a little bit of skin in the game would, would help them be motivated to still show up. So if you're someone that really wants to make sure that your people are going to come, it doesn't have to be 250, maybe it's a hundred, maybe it's 150 or 75 or whatever enough that they would feel it if they didn't show up and then it just gets refunded to them. And so it's sort of a guarantee that they'll be there for you. So just some things to sort of think about, but I don't, you know, I don't think there's any downside to, to this sort of thing, even if you're not necessarily interested in, in traveling photography, like it's just fun to go and explore a new and different area and landscape and backdrop and part of the country and to shoot there and just to challenge yourself. Like the light in California is beautiful and amazing. And it's also challenging. It's, it's like the most beautiful light you've ever seen in the 45 minutes before sunset. And then every other time it's just freaking sunny. <laughs> And bright, and there's not a whole lot depending on where you are. Story. Mm -hmm. Welcome to my world, friend. I know. So, like, we were in the desert. That was direct, unfiltered sun directly overhead. So, like, we wanted to shoot. That was the only time we had, so we had to make it work. So it's it's a good, it's a fun, like, creative exercise too. And even if it's just for fun, sometimes you just need that to like go out and get out and and do that. So that's what I do during summertime. Is like I. That's the only time I have to shoot, you know, gotta just go out and shoot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I will, we will link in the show notes, you know, sort of all the things we talked about today and, you know, any other resources that we think might be helpful or for you guys, as you are trying to sort of like maybe get your own little photography weekend up and running, but you know, Utilize the communities that you're a part of. If you're part of Hello Storyteller, if you're part of, you know, any other communities, or even if you're like, you know, in a part of a, of a loop or a group or a pod or something, you know, reach out and see, you know, are people willing or able or interested in meeting up? And the worst that will happen is nobody is. And the best that will happen is that probably somebody is. And so, you know, and Meg and I are always down to travel. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Anytime. we'll come. Let's do it. <laughs> yep. You always reach have out two to friends. Us. You always have two friends. We'll meet you anywhere. <laughs> anywhere. Paris? Anywhere. Oh, someone say Paris? I'll go there. Paris? Um, yes, <laughs> I will go back to Paris. Yes, please. 110%. I've never been. I need to go. Oh, my God. It's so beautiful. So amazing. I would, I would go back and do so many things, like, differently this time. Like, if I was just going for photography and not for, like, just, you know, vacation. Personal, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I know. <sighs> One day. One day. 
All right. Well, we hope this has motivated you to scratch your creative itches and get out of your comfort zones and go someplace you've never been before and be creative and do all the fun things. And if you do that, we want to know about it. So message us and tell us all about it. We can live vicariously through you. Okay. Yep. All right, friends. Well, you guys have a great rest of your week and we hope that you will join us for the next episode. Sounds good. <laughs> Bye, everybody. <laughs>